the bedpost podcast i of course am your host aaron pym and what i like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality folks okay this this app has been a long time coming this is what i've been really looking forward to and i'm gonna give you not one but two fun and sexy guests (laughs) so excited please everybody welcome to the mic Kinksters and kink educators, Hypno Story and Panda. Hey, hello. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun one. Hell yeah. <laughs> I am the bringer of whimsy, if nothing else. So, the whimsy bringer. Yeah, I think that is like unofficial title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is kind of a topic-based one also. We've got an awesome topic that I'm sure a lot of people who are listening, this will probably be the first time they're like hearing folks talk about stuff like this. So why don't uh, one of you tell us what we're talking about today? Sure. We do one of the primary things we do is hypnokink. And that's really about using the techniques of hypnosis to mess with the kind of experience of reality of the person who's bottoming. Yeah. Mess with. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Mess with. I mean, it's that, it's, um, it's a very kind of fluid thing. And one of the things that's fun, a friend of ours likes to say that uh, hypnosis is the hot sauce of kink because it goes with everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Almost everything you can imagine or think of a way to describe, there is some way to play with with hypnosis. And um, and often that works in ways that are pretty different from what people are imagining who haven't seen this before. Because what you see of hypnosis in the popular media is shockingly not realistic how odd media portraying things wrong <laughs> misrepresented no not media so weird. not popular no. media <laughs> but also what if people have seen stage hypnosis or street hypnosis it's quite different from that too but for a different reason that what most stage hypnotists and street hypnotists are doing is absolutely real but they're doing it in a very particular way that's designed to put on an entertaining show Right. Whereas what we're doing is way more about making the experience that we want to have. And often it's a much more internal focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I like I mean, Way less performative, right? Totally. I mean, you're doing party tricks, essentially. Right. From the performative aspect. And sure, sometimes we do party tricks because I'm an exhibitionist and those are fun. Uh, (laughs) And there's such a thing as public scenes and Uh, cake performances. So absolutely. Totally. And I love, I love all of it. I love doing all of it. I love making porn with hypnosis. It's all of it's fun for me, but the feeling of trance itself and playing with hypnosis 
from an internal experience is enough for me all on its own too. Yeah. And so um, I'll also just sort of give a content warning here that we'll probably do some little demos as we go along, but I am not going to do what's called an induction, which is the process of <laughs> getting um, the process of getting someone into a hypnotic trance. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is I know a lot of people listen to podcasts in cars. And so we're going to keep this safe for listening in the car um, because I'm going to be using um, basically the the more rapport and connection you have with somebody, the less technique you need. Mm -hmm. And Panda and I have been doing this together for four and a half years almost every day. Yeah. So we're pretty good at it uh, at this point, particularly with each other where it's really easy for me to kind of just talk casually and have with a particular intent and have what I'm saying happen to Panda. Or there are thing, there's a thing called a trigger, which is sort of like if this, then that. It's like programming we set up ahead of time. So for instance, I have a trigger for Panda that I set up years ago. This is one of the first ones that we ever did and we still use it, that if I say group mode on and Panda tries to talk, why don't you describe what that does, sweetie? Panda, 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 Panda. Release. I hate you. Uh so it just makes whatever it's trying to say come out as Panda. Because Groot. Because Groot. Or uh, oh, some people have also. So I am Groot. I love that. Uh huh. So uh huh. Uh, some people have also called it Pokemon mode. My um. favorite thing is that. Um, my favorite thing is that Hypnostory and our other partner, who we also live with, Yoshi, pretty much understand my inflection, even if I'm only saying Panda. Mm -hmm. Like they oh, pretty right. much know. At they this speak point Panda. When... Yeah, they do. <laughs> we really do. It's really, it's really very funny. So, like, if I'm telling them to fuck off in Panda, they know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious just to ask a specific question about that. What's sure. maybe the longest time um, you've just been saying Panda? Oh, probably not that long. Maybe a few minutes. Yeah, it gets old pretty quickly. <laughs> and so it's, it's, like, it's fun for, like, a minute or two. But and the, yeah. it's... It's a way better running gag where you do it for a short time. Yeah. And and incidentally, it's worth mentioning we're both pre have performing backgrounds that okay. so it we think about a lot of stuff in those terms when we teach and that kind of stuff. And so it's sort of one of those things I'm thinking about is like if I'm doing something in front of other people, mm -hmm. well, we want to be entertaining about it. Well, and I'm such a fantastic brat that you would miss out on my witticism if I'm also only true. saying panda. That's right. Obviously. <laughs> we're point. we're both we're both brats. Um I guess w we should have warned that we're in a 24/7 MS style uh relationship. So like when I say I don't know something's coming, that's very consensual. Mm -hmm. Uh I like surprises, they're the planner, I'm the one who shows up and provides entertainment and writes content and that kind of stuff. Um, and Great. takes care of most of the household. Yeah, pr pretty much, except for our teaching. That the the when we're teaching, we write 
our content very collaboratively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of really equal parts both of us. I think that's uh, but, so important, honestly, with kink education. Like if you're presenting with a demo bottom or you, you have a co-presenter, I think it's so important that like the person, you know, who's the bottom or the receiver or the submissive um, is, is talking and taking up as much space as the dominant or top. Um, yeah. Because, you know, the, we're looking at like these, the two experiences of giving and receiving and there's so much to be said um, from both of you or, you know, the moresomes, however many people are involved in the scene, but like, mm. you know, no kink can be taught in my opinion. No kink can just be taught. Like there's no cheat code, international, you know, cheat code of like, right. this is how you do this to someone. And so one yeah. person tells you how to do this and then you take that away and do that to people. Like, no, this is stuff you do together with people, right? not to somebody. Yeah, and I have a little soapbox uh, that I often use where it's just that, I mean, it's basically what you said, kink is collaborative. Yeah. That there are so, so, so many people who think that hypnosis in particular is just the hypnotist guiding the experience of the receiver, subject, whatever you want to call it. And that's just not true because most of it is happening in the mind of the subject and like the hypnotist is guiding the experience and if you're using power then there might be more forceful guiding than other times if you're doing like an egalitarian kind of thing which you also can sure uh but really hypnostory has as much power as i give them that's yes right. and i just happen to give them Almost all of it. <laughs> well, because um, that's what we both want. Yeah, I'm and really that's the it. critical part of it. Yeah, and... I have I have heard from another, uh, maybe the one other hypno kinkster that I've had on the podcast that like you can't really hypnotize someone who is not wanting to be hypnotized. Is that kind of true or? So, th that's complicated. Okay, I it, feel it, like the short answer is yes, that's true. The short answer is yes, that's true. Mostly mm -hmm. that there are some ways that people can be unethical and sneaky if they have a lot of skill mm -hmm. and use some parts of hypnosis technique in ways that they can be very manipulative. Yeah. But that's also true of anything else we do, yes. right? Like yeah. implied power dynamic from age difference, experience difference, context. Presenter, audience. Exactly. Kind of power dynamic and, and so i think it's not about sort of sometimes people are worried that hypnosis is sort of ripe to be abused and i don't think it is any more than anything else yeah but that somebody who wants to be abusive is going to find whatever tools they need to be abusive yeah and that's mm -hmm. what's fascinating to me is that so many people i know are like oh no i won't mess with hypnosis like you can't mess i won't let people mess with my brain and whenever someone says that, I'm always like, okay, so you don't do anything that involves top space, bottom space, rope space, subspace, because those are all brain altering things. Right. You never drink alcohol. You never, right. you know, it, that drugs, it's, anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which yeah. maybe that's, and that's a valid, that's a valid, you know, boundary if people are not doing any sure. of those things. But totally. I bet there's a bit of crossover somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And 
I actually think in some ways that with hypnosis, if folks are educated about it, that in some ways it's a lot safer than other kinds of BDSM play often are because there's such an awareness mm -hmm. that what we're doing is playing with headspace and an awareness of how to manage that so that it goes well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah, I know much more about myself. I've always been like a painfully introspective kind of person. <laughs> tortured. <laughs> but a tortured soul. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm always just very conscious of how I am, how I'm showing up in the world, how I'm interacting with others. Uh, but it was really when I started with hypnosis a few years ago that I became very aware of my own headspaces, how to manage them. And at this point can basically have like internal conversations with myself about different parts of myself that are incredibly useful. And I think that's a skill that I've partially learned because of hypnosis. Well, and because of the introspection and the sort of self-awareness that's come from that. Right, because to get better at hypnosis, part of it for me was learning how my internal mechanism works sure. and how I can help it along, essentially. Um, yeah. Because I'm hella neurodivergent, as is uh, HypnoStory. Uh, I have a lot of ADHD, probably some version of the TISM. Um, and it's super helpful for me to be able to know enough to guide my own experience. So like if I'm having trouble, then I can guide myself internally without breaking the scene and without telling them in that moment that like I'm helping myself along, that I'm right. like helping to top myself essentially. Well, wow, that's much... like some crazy good bottoming skills right there. Yeah. Oh, and also self-regulating skills. Like, wow. Thank you. Yeah. And it's it's for, for anybody that that doesn't make sense to, I just wanted to say that it might be helpful to think of it like a really skilled rope bottom. You know, they know that by adjusting how they're holding tension in different places or shifting pressure, that kind of stuff, that they're able to make that time much more sustainable you know, mm. and to get the pose that they're, that the the top and the bottom want to have and those sorts of things. This is the mental equivalent of that. Well, yeah, for me, rope bottoming isn't quite like that. Like I don't pay attention to that in that sort of way to make it more sustainable. I just pay attention to, I have 10 more minutes in this tie before I need sure. to have weight unloaded from that specific body part. Mm -hmm. I always say when I do a pro session, like, because, you know, I wor work with a variety of people who have, like, you know, come to kink with all sorts of different reasons and intentions and experience levels, most importantly. So it's like some people want to come and, and it's up to the client. I always say, like, if you're coming to the session wanting to go deep, you know, wanting mm. to like really investigate or unpack or you know what I mean if you're coming with those intentions and that intentionality of like I really want to surrender and here's what stops me mm. from accessing that and can you help guide me and 
um, they've done their homework, like they show up like that, of course you're gonna be blo- have a blowing, mind blowing scene, you Ugh. know. Like of course we're gonna knock it out of the park if you show up with all of that. Um, Heck and yeah. I, so I always say it's up to the client, you know. It's what you're coming in with that's that's dictating your takeaway from this session, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you focus specifically on that aspect of surrender because we often in our classes, almost all of our classes, say, let's break it down into qualities. So regardless of what kink it is that we're talking about, what quality are you looking to experience in this scene? And I think surrender is a really good one to start with or to say okay like what does surrender feel like to you how do you know you're surrendering like how do I know that you're giving yourself or if you need more and like really digging deep into how we can fulfill both parties in the best way in our scenes yeah and and to go back sort of a step on this qualities concept because I think it's incredibly incredibly powerful is the idea that we can, rather than we have a tendency to try to put things in boxes and say, is it this or that? Mm -hmm. When often with kink, it's, I wanna feel surrender and control Mm -hmm. and also joy. Yeah, I want all of those qualities in this scene. And rather than saying it has to be just about one thing right and like okay like for a specific thing i might want to be held and feel safe enough to surrender yeah to take the risk to take the leap hell yeah like and that's that in a safe when you feel safe yeah 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 and that's what i'm personally in it for is really to like go over that edge and like to push my own boundaries and to broaden what those boundaries are and it's really interesting because a lot of people are like oh i don't want to feel safe i don't want to know that i'm in control of the situation but you have to start there if you're going to push your boundaries yeah it's a suspension of belief we all have a performance background so it's the suspension of belief that you have (laughs) when you watch a play and you get emotionally invested in the characters and the action and whatever it's Mm -hmm. like It'll feel real. Don't worry. Like, you don't have to actually do a dangerous thing, like, to f- right. feel adrenaline, like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You'll believe well, it in the moment. Trust me. I'm really good at my job. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, when you go to a horror movie, you can feel way more scared than if somebody was actually you know, feeling like they were in genuine danger because they'd be trying Mm -hmm. to manage the fear and not let it run away with them so that they could respond appropriately in the reality. Crisis management. But yeah, good point. In the, in the fantasy world where you know that you have this blanket of trust that this whole thing is built on, that that lets you go further into being scared if you want to be scared. That makes so much sense. Yeah, that's Look cool. at you. I like that. Look at you, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> we like that Paul Red meme. Look at us. Right? <laughs> Look at us. 
like that like i love horror i kind of call myself a rainbow goth because like i'm too bubbly to be a traditional goth and too queer af honestly sometimes and i like flagging too much so i also wear rainbows but i love the horror movies horror tv like going to haunted houses i love all of it but i'm scared shitless like i'm really easy to scare <laughs> like, i love that those are my favorite type of people <laughs> that you can just be like that and they're just like they fall yeah. on the floor it's fabulous <laughs> especially like, in a kink scene oh my god it's like having a super <laughs> ticklish person that you can barely touch like you just do the littlest thing and they're like dying <laughs> And you, I wish you could see the expression on Panda's face Shut right up. now, because it, because it is a tickling fetishist. That was its first kink. Nice. That was my yep. first kink ever. Wow. Um, okay. Tickling yep. first. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about was... how, how you went from tickling to other things. So I feel like a lot of people have that one thing that they knew from childhood. Yeah, yeah. That was weird about them. And tickling <laughs> was that for me. I was like, mm, this isn't normal. Um, when I was like in undergrad, 18, 19, I definitely knew that tickling and bondage were the things they were into. And I was pretty sure I was gay. And that was about the summation of what I knew about myself because I hadn't done are anything. Two big things to know. That's true. You know? Uh, so it turns out I don't really give a shit about gender. It's a shocker. Uh, because I'm pretty gender fluid myself. And I started exploring with someone who was older and more experienced and had a lot of firsts, including like sexual firsts, like first orgasm, like first anal play, like first serious bondage. And. Romance. really learned yeah you know romance. and like <laughs> totally <laughs> and like learned how to let go in that and then from there when i went to grad school i was like kind of exploring the community there met a lot of fun people and just started doing more and more and more because i'm kind of one of those why not people or the yes and person mm -hmm. like i'll say that i'll try anything three times to make sure i don't hate it you're a trisexual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if something comes up, like someone's like, oh, I'm into ear fucking. I'd be like, sounds weird, but I'm game. Let's go. Let's <laughs> give it a go. Yeah. yeah. Like, as long as I know what they're doing, like, I feel like even if I don't know the activity, I can get a sense of, like, what feels safe. Mm -hmm. So that's been super helpful in exploring as well, like knowing that I know enough to keep myself safe. I wonder if there's like, if reflecting now, you can track that tickling to hypno pipeline. Like what, what's mm. similar about these two things or how does one, how do you think one led into the other? Oh, I think part of it's definitely the headspace alteration of it. Uh, I'm specifically into, like, tickling torture, where, like, you're really tied down and immobile as possible. Like, I super don't want to be able to move because I'm a wiggler. And it's that sensory, complete overload. There's breath play as a part of it. There's a lot tapped into it. Like, there's a whole mental 
mind game going on with it, which is also where I like to go with hypnosis. They're, like with hypnosis, I do switch, but I'm mostly on the bottom side of life and most of my switching is service switching, which is also a thing that I did with Tickling too in the community. And I think that also helped to bridge the gap a little bit was that like I was doing some topping with Tickling community definitely saw some people doing hypnosis like as a part of a scene that I was helping top for in a group setting and I'd been curious about it for years and years and years and just kind of seen it on the tangential not tangential uh periphery there yeah. we go and so I think curiosity was just a lot of it and then seeing that overlap with a few people was all I really needed um well and like tvh uh, Leah Lore, who is a hypno, is a, a well-known yeah. professional hypnodom, and mm-hmm. uh, and also teaches and has a book out on hypnotic amnesia, and is just incredibly skilled, wonderful uh, person. Also runs the biggest tickling convention in the country. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so there's just that overlap too, <laughs> like a fair amount of it, honestly. Wow. Although, really, sure. Was uh, hypno always your thing? Was that your weird thing right from early on? Or did you start somewhere else as well? I kind of started somewhere else in that really the sort of fetish that I started with that was like so embedded that in my own thought process that I didn't even realize it was a fetish for decades Mm. is magic and Mm. like i wanted to be able to wave a wand at somebody and make them come or make them be suddenly super turned on or make them shapeshift those kinds of ideas you just want to make people come let's be real well i mean (laughs) there's a a part of that Um, you you live to give but but (laughs) it's also so it was it was that and when i was in college i started looking for erotica that was sort of based in the idea of sword and sorcery kind of fantasy novel style magic and i stumbled across this thing called the erotic mind control story archive um, (laughs) which is still online um i have some issues with it now because there's stuff that i'm not sure should really be there based on some of the content that's in it and so i don't totally endorse it Um, but when I was in college and I was reading a lot of stuff in it and I was finding all of this hypno stuff along with some of what I had been looking for about magic. And I thought that it was really interesting. And I had separately been interested in hypnosis from a vanilla perspective, just because I thought it was fascinating. Mm. And, um, and so... I saw these hypno stories about, you know, using hypnosis to control people and make them come and stuff and thought from the little I knew about real hypnosis at the time. Oh, but that's just fantasy. You know, porn isn't reality. It's too bad. It would be so hot if that were possible. And, um, and I did go looking to see if there was anything real. And I did find some stuff on the internet in those days that, at least claimed to be real, 
but it was also so gross in how they were marketing it that it made me want to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> I mean, it was really, you know, people saying things like, all women are naturally submissive. Ew. I'm going to teach you to use hypnosis so that you can use pleasure, pleasure conditioning to show them their submissive side and they'll love you forever. Sorry, and I was I like, no, 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 this is, this is, this is not okay. Um, you know, or I ran across a thing um, that, uh, this guy by the name of Ross Jeffries, and why his name still sticks in my head, I have no idea, but he teaches classes in speed seduction Ew. using neurolinguistic programming technique, which is very much related to hypnosis. Um, I think very few people other than him are likely to have any luck with his techniques, but... And, know. like, we've run across a couple people who think that that's what we do. There, I remember one thing in specific where I was promoting a class on fractionation that we were doing, which is the act of bringing somebody in and out of trance repeatedly uh, over a period of time, which we love and a lot of hypno kinksters love as a tool. Because, because it makes, it you, makes it you, it ends up, you end up feeling very altered. And so if you yeah. like that kind of subspacey high thing that... Um, fractionation is a really easy way to get there. It's a relatively safe thing to do. It's a relatively easy thing to learn as a top. It's a relatively easy thing to learn as a bottom. So it's very accessible. But somebody literally commented on my FetLife status, like promoting that class and said, oh, nobody should be doing this. This is dangerous. This is awful. So I reached out to her in DM and was like, hey, what, what's up? Like, do you know what? <laughs> Let's talk, cause right. I was like, do you know what this is? Yeah, what and... I do is consensual kink. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> sounds like there's some sounds miscommunication like somewhere. Yeah, sounds like maybe you've had some bad experiences. Yeah, uh... and she sent me a website, and the website was that. It was like how to manipulate women, and they use the word fractionation, but mean it in an entirely different way. Mm -hmm. I think then. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, this that. is long enough ago that I don't remember the specifics, but but it was it was really like our reaction was that word does not mean what you think it means yeah. if you're using it that way. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. based on that context, I understand why somebody who thought that that was accurate mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was upset about us teaching it. Right. Absolutely. Assumptions. Megacism of us all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. The Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, 
If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. So, yeah, I, because I know you are both teaching um, a lot of things coming up. You've got a lot going on. You're booked and blessed. But I know specifically you're doing like a HypnoKink 101 um, class, video class, right, coming up. So that's actually available all the time. It's pre-recorded. Amazing. Okay. Yes. So maybe we can talk about for folks who like, you know, yeah. ha- have these references of like, you know, seeing it in media or seeing maybe street street hypno or like a performance of some sort. And they're curious of like, whether it's real and, and just kind of dipping your toe and really being like, is this a real thing? And if so, how do I start doing it? Like, yeah. Can we just talk real quick about like the very first things we need to know uh, yeah. when diving into this kink? Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the very first things we ever say is hypnosis isn't hard. I think that's a really important thing to understand that it might look or feel scary from at least a topping perspective or from a going into trance perspective, but that really we usually say that hypnosis is 99% communication, rapport, intent as part of the relationship and like 1% technique, truly. Like, there are so many times where I've done something with a partner where we didn't really have like an explicit like, if this, then that, like understanding. Right. It was just more of a fuck around and find out. And hypnosis is really good for a fuck around and find out mentality. Right. So if I want to put Panda in trance, all I have to do is look at it with the intention for it to draw Mm. and blink my eyes a couple of times because we're so connected. And I'll tell you what I'm seeing right now is its eyes rolled up and are fluttering and now, will that happen the first time you do a trance with somebody? Up, up, up. The, will that happen the first time you do a trance with somebody? Almost certainly not. That You need a little more technique to get there. But the more you do it, it's a skill set for the bottom at least as much as for the top. Yeah, I trained myself to eye roll. That was not how I responded at first. Uh, because I understood that a lot of people were really into eye rolling. So that's just something I started doing. How does and it's one not... train themselves to eye roll? Oh, pretty easily, actually. Uh, if you take your finger mm-hmm. and you put it like in that kind of third eye space between your eyeballs. And please don't try this if you're driving right now. Please Otherwise, try. you're welcome to yeah. follow along. But yeah. like if you're cooking dinner, put the knife down first. <laughs> um, so if you just I'm putting a, like my pointer finger right between my eyeballs. Um, where it meets your nose. And then I just start moving my finger up, like trailing it across like my head. Yeah, your forehead and then to the top of your head. And just sort of following that with your eyes, you begin to learn what that eye roll feels like. Mm -hmm. And then the more you do something, the more you're able to make yourself do it even without the external help. And why would we... Why is that something we would want to learn for hypno? It's just 
porny for a lot of people. It's like part it's of this is aesthetic. Yeah. No, yeah. part of it's oh, definitely yeah. the trope. Okay. And like this is an area where like spirals, pocket watches, yes. Um, like eye rolls, they are all a part of that tropey hotness. And none of it is necessary. No. But for a lot of us it's fun to pull out occasionally. Yeah, and, and we all have references for this stuff, right? right. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, for me it tires my eyes out, so mm-hmm. it makes me more likely to give in to resting. To give in to letting my eyes be tired and remaining closed. And for me now, honestly, I've kind of conditioned myself for it to be like a measure of depth of trance Mm -hmm. so that when one of my partners does something that is particularly effective, the role will kind of like reoccur it'll yeah or change qualities or that that there's things you can see it will communicate that they did something effective and that's something we talk about in the class a lot is how to learn to tune into the person you're hypnotizing and pick up the signs of what's happening for them internally and use that to guide what you're doing I would imagine that would be a challenge as a top of being like, am I doing it even? Like who, how, it's yeah. It's such a challenge. Yeah. It's it's a thing that makes people nervous at first. It's a, it's a thing that makes people nervous at first, but it's not usually that hard. Um, one of the things that's, the, that's a cheat code, if, if it's available, is if you can, if you can as a new top, like in most kinks, start by working with an experienced bottom, even if that's not like the person you're ultimately learning to do it with, Mm -hmm. but to do a session or two with an experienced bottom who can give you really good feedback and will be able to say, hey, did you see when my face did this? That's what that meant, you know? Um, Now, that's not to say that, you know, if a couple or a group of people don't have any experience and want to learn it together that they're not going to be able to. They absolutely are. But there's a huge community because one of the things with hypnosis that's really fun is it works really well long distance. Yes. Yeah. The other person I had speaking on the pod, um, it they were in an LDR. So that was like one of the things that was so perfect for their relationship. We started long distance. Uh, for the first year, mm-hmm. and I moved in with them the day the lockdown started, like the day the like state borders started shutting down. Yeah, from Pennsylvania to New Hampshire. From Virginia to New or Hampshire. Or from Virginia to New Hampshire, right. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was very useful for rapport building, relationship building, yep. exploring the really deep stuff that I'm really here for. Uh, I'm just the kind of person who really doesn't like shallow conversation topics stuff like that like i want to jump straight into what is the meat of the subject what makes me uncomfortable and why there's and a person at the party that's like so what's your greatest fear <laughs> i so am <laughs> you know i was tasked i work for we work for a convention called kink between the lions uh, which is a virtual convention. It's that 
specializes on like marginalized identities and like raising marginalized voices. And <laughs> we had speed meeting. I got tasked with creating the questions for said speed meeting. <laughs> That might not have been the best idea. <laughs> Actually, for the kind of people who come to that event, it was perfect. Was it perfect? Yeah. But like, they were they were some deep questions in there. And at first when Hypnostory read them, they were like, wow, okay, you really went for it. And I was like, well, why not? Yeah, that's kind of what that event is about, though. So it, it really made sense. Yeah. But like, I'm also the person who demoed for... Uh, christian religious kink class and did some very sacrilegious things so like i'm just a taboo kind of junkie it's really um, fun other things that are like some basic stuff we need to know one of the most important things i think for people to know about hypnosis in general is the concept of agency you know an agency mm. is something i think that people are talking about more and more in kink in general but it's so important with hypnosis that when you hypnotize someone, really, it's not that you're hypnotizing them. It's that you're guiding them to put themselves into a specific state, right? It's like they're driving their car and I'm sitting in the passenger seat giving them a tour of a city they've never seen before. Love and that visual. Very cool. And, okay. it, and so much like that, if I tell them to turn right and they look to the right and there's a brick wall and they look to the left and there's a street, they will probably figure out that most of the time I can't remember which way is left and which way is right, right? And, and can make a decision, use their agency to not do what I told them to. And hypnosis is, that's an important skill. So there tend to be people who kind of fall into often some natural patterns with hypnosis that for some people, they have to really work at building the skills to respond to the suggestions, to have things work the way, as fully as they want them to. And then there are people who are really natural at that part, but for some of those people, it's not natural to not respond to the suggestion. And so one and of the things that's dangerous, that can be, because if they get into a situation where somebody, hopefully unintentionally or intentionally violates a limit or something goes wrong, that it's really important that they know that this is happening in their mind mm -hmm. and that they can choose to cancel, reject, modify those suggestions and communicate with their top what they need. Right. And I mean, we mentioned that a little in the beginning with the, uh, I let you have as much power right. as I give you. And really the agency journey for me was very tied into owning my own personal power and recognizing how much of it I have mm -hmm. in order to understand fully how much agency I do have. And yeah, I that's feel like a really, life lesson right there, right? Like it so is. Yeah. And it was interesting. We were on the podcast Erotic Awakening. I think this was the one I did without you. Probably. Um, with Dan and Dawn, who are lovely. And 
Dan got himself in a little bit of hot water because he said, oh, well, you're a submissive. What do you mean you have power? Isn't the point that you don't have power? Yeah, fantasy versus reality disconnect, buddy. Like, right? He was, he was being devil's advocate with it. Oh, uh, okay, I okay. Think, I think to get me and Dawn to be mad at him for a oh, second. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was winding you up. Oh, um. he totally was. <laughs> okay, okay, he's bratting. Got it, got yeah. it. I, yeah, bratting is really, I didn't think of it that way, but that's a really good way to put that. Yeah. Um, but, like, so many people actually believe that. And that's why I think the conversation of agency is a really important one to have. And one that doesn't just apply to hypnosis. It applies to your whole life. Like, your personal journey, your vanilla relationships, in addition to the kink relationships. And... That's why I think I covertly put it into a class that I teach about service topping mm -hmm. because it really ended up kind of talking about my journey into how topping from a submissive place can still feel congruent with who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things with hypnosis specifically, though, with agency is that we really recommend that people practice um, using their agency. And the way yeah. we do it is by recommending that you set up a game. And the game is that the hypnotist is going to take, is going to give suggestions in a particular direction. It might be deep trance. It's with people who like orgasm denial. I'll generally make it that I'm going to get them really turned on and build them towards an orgasm. And mm -hmm. they have to cancel those suggestions before I can make them come. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and and then, and then, and then I'm going to give them lots of pleasure afterwards as a reward. Great's a word. But <laughs> you love it. I, I love hate it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, but by practicing so it that way and getting it so that it's really something you know in your bones, if there's ever a situation where something really goes sideways, that tool is going to be right at their mental fingertips. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, and... a, that's a big reason I always like, especially if it's, a, if it's a person that's new to kink or just new to me, like I always start the session with some like body scan stuff, you know, mm. just so, you know, and, and like some grounding activity type stuff, um, mm -hmm. just to get them like on the same page as me of like, you have to, I, I'm letting them know, like, you have to be listening to your body. I want you in your body, right? Because mm. I want you to be noticing what's happening in your body and communicating to me when not something's not feeling great in your body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like yeah. awareness of that, you know, just trying to drop them in at the beginning um, can sometimes get them in the right space for communicating that type of stuff to me like saying a yellow or whatever absolutely yeah when aaron said drop i was like uh -oh. oh we're talking no 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 no. it's not like that um, <laughs> what i do no it just <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding it's it's just when someone says drop to me like in any context is talking about a story i'm like oh you drop them oh you don't mean like that oh like... not like that <laughs> Oh, womp womp. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. It's just where I'm so conditioned to hear that word, I think. And and for it to mean something specific in this kind of context. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not the kind of person who would respond 
to an unintentional situation um, just because of agency uh, and also because my brain goes, no, idiot, that's not for you. Uh, sometimes to my own detriment because something is made for me and my brain thinks it's not. Um, that doesn't happen so much anymore, but it used to. So, uh, and I'll tell a fun story about that, that there's, there's a million inductions. There's a, a, an infinite number of ways of getting somebody into trance. And in fact, we're, we just were last night starting to outline a new video class we're going to do on inductions. And it's probably going to have like 40 of them. Um, yeah. And, and that's just, a, that's just sort of examples of genres um that but one style is this sort of storytelling thing where you're hypnotizing someone by telling them a story about something happening to somebody else yeah and early in our relationship i made a file for panda like that and it wasn't a file it was but a was, was it something we did live yeah, it was a scene it was a scene we did live and panda was like this is not working for me at all and we dug into that and and eventually figured out that because it was about somebody else, it set off Panda's, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, which was really interesting. It's just because I was like, oh, you're telling a story. I'm going to listen to that story now and not make it about me because a lot of my journey has been not making things about me. Sure. Uh, which was one of the only contexts in which it was unhelpful. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you normally it's really good for me <laughs> but um yeah we were just talking about that last night it's funny um like what we like to tell people pretty early on is we like to define the concept of utilization which is that like you can use anything for anything when it comes to an induction well, and when it comes to all of hypnosis, mm -hmm. right, you can tie things together however you want. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give an example um, that I was doing a hypnosis session with somebody and had them pretty deep in trance and their dog came into the room and started barking. And there was nothing wrong. The dog just wanted attention. And... And so I reached down and started petting the dog who had come over for attention. And as I was doing that set, and even the sound of the dog barking each and every time you hear it can send you deeper into trance and make you feel more and more focused on the sound of my voice. And so that thing that would have been a distraction can become a help. Mm -hmm. Or like uh, if someone can't stop giggling, Okay, then make them giggle themselves into trance. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be this, okay, we're relaxing now. Right. It can literally be knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting hypnotist. Interrupting Drop. hypnotist. <laughs> I love interrupting cow. <laughs> up, 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 up. And, and like <laughs> with people who have the rapport and the relationship that works as an induction that dropped me into trance mm -hmm. wow. because that. that's how we play. That's so funny. Like I just, you know, I, I am seeing this and, and hearing this not from a hypno lens. Um, so I just see it, you know, as a great 
tool to take through any kink or like, you know, my domination style is very playful, right? So Mm -hmm. I take like, quote unquote, you know, mistakes and turn it into part of the scene and have it launch into the next part of the scene all the time, you know? Nice! Like you mentioned giggling, you know what I mean? Like I, I teach a class on playful domination as well and half of it is like using the laugh. Um, all the different ways you can use a laugh, you know, um, mm. and, you know, helping move it somewhere new. Um, you know, there's so many different things you can do with that. Like we're suddenly it's part of the scene. It's not something that's not supposed to be in the scene. Suddenly it's part of mm. the scene. You make it part of the scene. Um, yeah. It's justification that's... that that in improv, you know, justifying your justification. I was just going to say that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was in the improv class. I, t- I teach a kinks, kinky improv as well that's uh, oh, similar. That's so, so it might have been from that too. But like, yeah, that thing of like, anything can be anything. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool, it's cool. The concept of yes and also... So powerful. ...really works with hypnosis. Nothing's not supposed to be here. Totally. Yeah. Cool. It's all meant to happen. I meant to do that. You know, yes, really. and always. It, I always meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's so and great. It, it's that, that Aikido idea that if you push against something, it'll push back. So mm-hmm. go with it and redirect it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'll push back. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> I'm not like the willfully disobedient one. I'm just the snarky. No. Yeah. If you're not more clever than me, then I'm going to be as clever as I can be. <laughs> yeah, it's all competition with you guys. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a little bit. Pretty much. But I win. It's all right. I'm the most clever. Do you? Uh-huh. Are you sure? Uh, well, when you say it like that, no, I'm not sure. Good. <laughs> What is the right... I like the mindfuck of that question. What's... It's a true question. True question. It so is. I and... the fifth. <laughs> am I or am I not more clever? Both answers are wrong. <laughs> but also right? Also right. Mostly right, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, and I'm so conditioned to, an- to respond to that question with doubt. <laughs> because we've used it so often. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it because I, as I said, I don't want to do inductions on the show, but I've demonstrated an induction where basically I gaslight Panda into trance. And I'm so into because it. Because it's really into gaslighting play. And so, and obviously it's super important that anything that's remotely close to gaslighting be consensual and negotiated and be in areas that are safe. Like the places we do gaslighting play are not places that people in an abusive situation would find gaslighting useful. Mm-hmm. No, the context it, is, yes, yeah, so very Yeah, context is key. Different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I For love sure. doing emotional manipulation in a scene consensually. Ooh, like, yeah. Love doing that. <laughs> and they're like, and then they're like, yellow? <laughs> is this real? I'm like, no. They're like, okay, continue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you mad at me? Do you hate and, me? And that's why yellow is so powerful. And that's something we we encourage people to get in the habit of using yellow a lot. Yeah, I do not mind one fucking bit to hear yellow. Mm. Show me the I lines use... so I can color within them. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I like Absolutely. that. Yeah. Well, and also with Hypno, it's also so easy to sort of rewind things a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that we could literally do that. I mean, we can. I was and just going to say that. I'm like, are we talking literally? <laughs> because that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I are... wish I could have that power. If there's one <laughs> hypno power I want, it's that. Be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't just fall down. I didn't just fall down. Like, <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> well, I'll give you I'll give you something even better, Aaron. So with Panda anyway, Panda is so good at hypnotic amnesia uh-huh. that if something happens that's awkward in a scene, I can just make it forget it. Like all the times you've forgotten a toy and then gone to the other room and gotten the toy mm-hmm. and not uh, made me realize you were gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terribly useful. That's um, so useful. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really works. <laughs> and it and you know it, it's also worth mentioning that hypnotic amnesia is different from you know like what a doctor would diagnose with amnesia, where something where the memory is really irretrievable. Yeah, it's that I describe it as the unconscious mind temporarily hiding something from the conscious mind mm-hmm. and it'll give it back if it ever became important a lot of people like have a box like the memories in a box yeah that's a very common metaphor and and it's the, the often the trick to getting hypnotic amnesia to work is to find the right metaphor find your box well it's not <laughs> but for some people it's not a box i know but it entertains me because if i fit because of the word box come on yes thank you <laughs> Someone understands me. Let them have it. <laughs> Let me have my box. <laughs> I'll box you. I'll box your face. <laughs> I'll box your eyes. Um, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. So <laughs> I get why we wouldn't be doing like uh, walking through an induction. Can we talk about just so people have some ideas of like how different inductions can look? Can we get like a little just what sure. what what a couple different ones might look like? So the sort of most classic tropey one is what we call eye fixation, where you might have a crystal or a pocket watch or something that you're gonna have someone focus their eyes on and sort of use that as an entry point. Um you sort of another extreme is there's a category of inductions called pattern interrupts where you can do something the most classic example of this is a handshake because a handshake is a very uh programmed pattern right we clasp hands with a certain amount of pressure we shake three or four times we let go so if i reach out to a handshake with my right hand like normal and then grab the person's hand with my left hand and pull it up in front of their face their brain goes what the fuck it basically makes their brain record scratch which is called sending their them into trans derivational search daddy you make a really good record scratch noise you should make that noise (laughs) um and and so when you get that um the the brain is looking for which end is up where do i go next and if you've set up the context that what you're doing is going to lead to hypnosis and the next thing you do is say something like sleep or drop or a word that's associated with that 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 will send the person into hypnosis maybe um, another category bringing up another yeah category. sure 
So oh, like kinesthetic? Yeah, that was what I was going to talk about. So another category is kinesthetic inductions, which are all based on touch. And so, for instance, if we agree that more hypnotized is down, and I put my hand at the top of Panda's arm and stroke down the arm with the intention of that being hypnotic and the context being hypnotic, right? Two or three strokes down Panda's arm and it's deep in trance. And, and so it's sitting here with its eyes fluttering a little bit and just sort of floating down deep. That's right. And just because this will, this will be a fun thing sort of as a demonstration, Panda, when you come out of trance, you're going to forget that we've recorded this podcast. In fact, you're going to think we're just getting ready to start. And, um, and you're going to be really surprised that we've actually already recorded most of the show. Um, and that will last until I say release, and then you'll remember it again. So for now, you can just remember to forget and forget to remember as you come out of trance. So one, two, three, up, 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 up. Mm. Hey. Are hey. we, are we doing the thing? Oh, hey. We're, we're almost done. Hi, I'm Panda. What? Look at the clock. <laughs> it's time for plugs, Panda. It's already time to plug all your classes. The, but doesn't that normally go at the end? Release and remember. Ah. That was so cute. <laughs> that was beyond cute. My brain looked at the time and I was like, that's some time dilation bullshit. What just happened? Like, <laughs> you time traveled. <laughs> I was like, was I out for an hour? Like, what went on? So, okay, um, we mentioned you're booked and blessed. Um, you told us uh, just briefly about uh, HypnoKink 101 that is up for any time for people to watch. Yep. Where can we watch that? And then tell us about all the things you have coming up. Sure. Our website is pandastory.love. And the 101 is there. And in fact, if you want to go there directly, you can do pandastory.love slash 101, just the numbers. Um, and that's, we sell on a sliding scale, 35 to $80. You decide where you fit. And it's about five hours. The main class is about five hours broken into 13 lessons. And then there's a couple hours of bonus material also for people who want to sort of go further. And um, they're all closed captioned and they're also transcripts. So that uh, if you, and you can even search using the closed captions. So if you want to jump to a particular part, you can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the video class. We also have our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash pandastory. That is, depending on the tier, there's nerdy recorded conversations that are pretty like unedited. We call them car talks. Um, but they're basically podcasts. They're basically a little mini podcast that we just don't filter at all. <laughs> uh, we make some porn. We make some audio files. And to be clear, we make hypno porn. Well, we have made hypno porn so far. Oh, well, but... fair. <laughs> Let's not count any anything out. <laughs> well, I we were just talking about venturing into more like porny porn. But uh, it, at some the, point soon. The thing that's worth saying is the stuff that we make are recordings of real scenes so if people join the patreon 
and at the at the tier that has the videos that they can actually watch a bunch of scenes that Panda and I have done. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're a little bit different because we're doing them with the camera in mind, mm -hmm. but all of the hypnosis is real and the play is very much how we play. Totally. It's super like bratty, playful, some sexy, some intense. Uh, but it's all like, I'm in trance. The thing is happening, mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of people have said is useful just to see sure. what normal hypno kinksters do. We've also got some files, a tier where people get hypno files we make that are trance files that they can trance listening to. Um, so there's that. We have a Discord server, a kink education Discord called Consolation, um, where we do a lot of education stuff. It's a lovely, very queer, very diverse community of folks of all levels talking about kink and asking questions. And it's not all hypno, um, although no. there's plenty of hypno there. There's plenty of hypno chat, but we've had mm -hmm. a lot of guests that are just that friends are teaching, or acquaintances. Yeah, like different, we've had different Devin topics. Stone, Nick Slanea, uh, we've had... Uh, Laura Antonio. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of great. We've had a lot of great folks, and we usually host one or two classes a month uh, on Zoom through the server that are free. We do a podcast with our uh, friends, pack mates, uh, called Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Main, and it's on its third season. Mm -hmm. We finished the third season. Um, Hypnostory and I. Sunny and her daddy Mac and a couple other guests are all on that in various forms and it's pretty 101 based yeah and it's about all kinds of kink topics and just you know a little flirty a lot of informative uh silly depending on who is on the episode if it's me then of course it is uh, but yeah, we we have a grand old time with that, and we're on a couple episodes of Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn. Uh, yeah, we like doing the podcast thing. And we have a lot of teaching coming up this fall. Um, we are doing a live in-person HypnoKink 101. If folks are in New England, it's going to be at Dance Macabre in New Hampshire uh, on October 1st. Space is pretty limited for that, so I would say make sure to sign up. Uh, but they, people can find the details for that on FetLife. Um, and then we also are teaching for Blackthorn and Wicked Grounds online. And between the two of them, we're doing four classes of sort of different specialty topics. We're doing service topping with Black Blackthorn on October 7th. Which is that one that I mentioned which, is yeah. mine about also like submissive power, that kind of thing. And then we're doing a kind of intro to hypno and talking about using hypnosis to to make things feel like sort of fantasy novel magic uh, with Wicked Grounds on October 29th. Uh, we do memory play with Wicked Grounds on uh, November 9th. And we do age play and hypnosis with Wicked Grounds on December 4th. Which is also mine. Be a shocker. I'm a little. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Whoever would have guessed. Yeah. 
Um, I will also drop my little links uh, at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active. But if you must go on over to Instagram at the Bedpost Podcast is the podcast, or at the Lady Pim is my Dom account. I'm also on t- TikTok for some reason at the Lady Pim. Um, <laughs> and I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music from my podcast. She is Stephanie Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Also, my Patreon, too. I got a Patreon also. It's The Bed Post Show. Um, we've got, you know, erotica stories. We've got solo uh, podcasts about um, in my pro-dom work and um, lots of pics and vids as well. So thank you so much, Hypno Story and Panda. This has been so very fun. Everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, we'll see you with another fun and sexy guest here on the Beth Post Podcast, talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So...